I can always feed my body, but my artwork feeds my soul. And that's what you need to find your passion. That was Carlos and this is the Cliftomaniac Podcast. My name is Kenya. Joshua. My name is Ivanka. Melanie. My name is Giselle. Francisco. Ashley. Sandra Lupe. Mariana Casanova. Kevin. Pixi. Ryan. Angel. Ryan. Julian. Leonardo. Joshua. My name is Brian. Mariana. My name is Jaime. This podcast is about the West High School walkouts of 1969 that occurred in Denver. We interviewed Carlos Santisteban to learn more about the walkouts and impact of the Chicanos' right movement. We, the Cliptomaniacs, have decided to make this podcast in order to have the knowledge of our ancestors and remember the sacrifices that our ancestors made for us. This way, it will help all the Chicanos that have given up on many things, including family and friends, know that we do care. Many people aren't very happy with their past, and this podcast will help them know that we show and we do care. I am proud to be a Chicana. That means that I know where I come from. I know my beliefs. I know my structure in life. And my future is bright. We the Cliftomaniacs want you to know that having empathy is very important. Because nobody should be treated with disrespect. We are doing this podcast episode in order to show Chicano pride and let America know that they are making a mistake when they discriminate against us. And to tell them how we felt when they treated us like that. So as today, we are going to convince people to have empathy. America and Mexico fought a war called the Mexican-American War. America won, so they took part of Mexico, including Colorado. Mexicans already lived in Colorado before the war and never left after the war was fought. This is our country too. It was already ours, so we have the right to stay here. We didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo didn't mean that Mexicans who stayed here had to give up their language and culture, but before treated as second-class citizens and become ashamed for they, who they were. The Chicano rights movement of the 1960s was organized in order to restore our rights as Chicanos. We are doing this podcast episode with hope to have more Latino teachers and principals. Also, so that other people can empathize with Chicanos. One amazing person I learned about was Gorky Gonzalez and how he wanted to change rights in schools for Chicanos. Gorky was the leader of the Crusade of Justice. Students went to Gorky Gonzalez in order to organize the walkout. The Crusade of Justice is an organization that brought Chicanos together. Since the day that Gorky gave speeches and fought, there is still not a lot of Chicano teachers and principals. So let's change it so our world can be better. The West High School Walkout. The events you are seeing depict the West High blowout of March 20 and March 21 in 1969. The major causes of the West High School walkout 
1969 can be traced to racist remarks from teachers towards Chicano students. On Thursday, March 20, 9 a.m. at West High School, approximately 150 to 200 students staged a walkout in protest of alleged racist remarks made by a teacher at that school. The students were upset and filed a complaint for the Crusade for Justice. Police cars converged on the Crusade for Justice building. Objections were voiced. Corky Gonzalez helped organize students and plan the walkout in protest. This is our role is to create this uh, activity within the community so that the communities themselves will start to make decisions and control their own lives. The students were united and marched in the streets with signs that said, Viva la raza. We are not 30 Mexicans and Chicano power. Also, that anyone that said they're stupid is a criminal. Demands were made of authorities. Signs carried at the height of activity said, Black and Brown United. We demand better schools. Education, not racism. Chicano power. As a result of the walkout, the police arrived in riot gear and some were disguised as civilians. All of a sudden, officers rushed in the crowd and the chaos began. A line of police officers moved into the crowd with professional precision. Order disappeared. They called it the blowout as many people got hurt and students were arrested. Steve Lucky from the History of Colorado Center called our class and invited us to their museum and sent us an activist named Carlos Santisteban to teach us about the West School walkout. Carlos was a guy that was part of the Crusade for Justice and also worked hand in hand with Corky Gonzalez. We interviewed Carlos because we wanted to know about the West High School walkout and about Corky Gonzalez. Carlos Santivestian. A little bit about myself. I've lived in Denver all my life. I live in Five Points. It's considered the black community, but only there were Chicanos and blacks. We live side by side our whole lives together. So that, you know, they eat burritos and, and we eat pig ears. You know, we, we, we exchanged foods so that we became part of, you know, my best friend, I have to tell you, uh, he lived in the back of me, and his name was George Jones. Well, I didn't find out later on until he was probably 15 years old, George Jones' father's name was Joe Garcia. And he changed his name from George Garcia to George Jones because he married a black woman. And so he became black. And I always thought he was black, but he was a Chicano. So we're talking about 50, 60 years ago when to be tricultural, uh, linguistically and, and, and ra racially, it was difficult. Uh, and that's how come it, it, you know, you had to make sure that you dealt with those things and uh, the best way you knew how. So the, the um, 
second part of that is that when, when I was in the eighth grade, I went to a Catholic school, and I went to become a priest, and I was there for the summer, and then in the fall, uh, we took and we started school, and I was there about a week or two, maybe about a month, I don't know, but it was about a month, and uh, the, the priest came to me, and he says, Carlos, he says, I want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. So he takes me and he says, you know, Carlos, I think you probably have a vocation, but I don't think that you're smart enough to become a priest. So we're going to ask you to leave. Okay, you know. So I left and then I went back, then I came back home and my mother put me into a Catholic school, another Catholic school. Now, this, that Catholic school was probably 95, 90% white, maybe five, two or 3% Hispanic, one or 2% African Americans. And it was difficult, but only, uh, people say, did you feel like they were, they were discriminating against you? And I thought, well, not really. I thought maybe they just didn't like me because of the way I cut my hair or the way I dressed. So I didn't want to see if they did or not. But it, it was there, you know, it was there. It was very subtle, meaning, you know, they didn't push it. But then I had people that were friends that even today, uh, after 50 years, they're still my friends, you know, that I went to high school together with. We, we, see, we talk to each other, and one of them comes to visit me every once in a while. So, you know, you have to learn to roll with the punches. You have to learn that if you fall down, you get up. So, again, going back to going to college, eventually I went to college and I, I have two degrees. I have a BA in sociology and MA, that's four years of college. An MA in administrative education, that's another two years. So, uh, the priest that asked me to, uh, to leave, I saw him like 40 years later and I went up to him and I said, you know, Father, I don't know if you remember me, but I went to the seminary and you told me that I wasn't smart enough to become a priest and I just want you to know that, you know, I have two degrees. So it's up to you to have faith in yourself. And my mother had faith in me. She constantly pushes me, you gotta go to college. What do I go to college for? I wanna go out and get a job and make money. You know, I wanna go out and get a job and buy a car. Yeah, I wanna get myself a nice little low rider, you know? And she says, no, but only, you know, you gotta have a, if you take and you get a, go to, you go to college, you make more money and you'll have a steady job. Whereas if you go working at some of the other jobs, you work construction, sometimes you work six months out of the year. Sometimes it's nine months out of the year. So it's nothing wrong with that. It's good money, it really is. But only, you know, it's going back to, you know, how do you make your life comfortable? That's what you want to do. And, and your family, and your, and your mother and father. Can you think of a time when someone treated you poorly because you were a Chicano? Okay, what, what number is that one? You number one. Can you think of a time when someone tried, treated you poorly because you're a Chicano? 
Well, I have to tell you, this is what funny story. I worked in the Arkansas Valley. I helped put together a clinic. And there's a long, short story to, the, <laughs> the, the, to this, but only I'm going to get to the quick. I went to a meeting, and we're talking to the doctors and nurses saying, we need to get a clinic for migrant workers. And they're saying, well, you know, we've got clinics. So, no, but only this clinic, some of the people that will, will service, they owe you money, so they're not going to go see you. See, so we're going to get people that are not your clients. So they finally said, okay, we'll, we'll let you put together a clinic. And then this doctor walked up to me and he says, Carlos, where did you learn to speak English so well and without an accent? I couldn't believe that. I thought, what, what is this, you know, this, here's an educated man, you know, went to, to, to four years of college and then to medical school another 10 years, and he's telling me this. So I talked to a, n a number of friends of mine, and Anglo friends, and I told them what I just said. And so my Anglo friend, she said, well, what he's really saying to you, Carlos, is you're more like him than you are like the, the people that live in this city. And I thought, well, you know something? I am them. I'm you. You know, I'm not him. I'm you. That's who I am. And that's how come, you know, so I speak, I didn't realize I spoke good English, but that's what they told me. So that's, that's one of the things that, that has, uh, has happened within my life that, that you have to deal with. And what do you do? You roll with the punches. Did I confront him? No, it's, it wasn't worth the energy. It like to go to a school where 95% of students were white? Well, with a lot of these students that I went, the, the Anglo students, some of them, with the classes you two take in high school, sometimes you make friends in those classes. And that's how I was able to survive, because I made a couple of friends in, in I took speech. And this one, the teacher, she wanted, she put me in the speech class. I didn't want to get in the speech class, but hey, they put me in there, so I went. So I, he became friends of mine. And he and I, we actually almost went to the uh, homecoming together. So there were people that will befriend you. And then there's people that, you know, they don't even give you the time of day. They were, when they have elections for school, you know, like head boy and head girl, and then we had people that come up to me. They wanted my vote. And that's the only time they talked to me. And you start to see that. You know, how come you never, you know, you never talked to me before. All of a sudden you want something from me and I'm your friend? Nah, I don't think I'm your friend. I think you just need me. So, again, what do you do? You look at it and you look the other way and keep on going. You know, you don't carry it with you because it doesn't do any good. You have to think life is positive. What was it like to work with Corky Gonzalez? That was an interesting, um, I have to tell you, my mother was, she went to the eighth grade. She, was, she went and she was raised in an orphanage. 
and it was a German orphanage, and she went in speaking Spanish. She walked out knowing no Spanish. But she was involved in politics. She was involved in the Democratic Party. And she constantly pushed me to be involved with the Democratic Party. Well, the uh, Corky was doing a lot of things, and the paper really didn't like him that much. And so my mother said, you know, we're having a meeting of this group called Los Voluntarios. Let's go with me. Well, what's it all about? Oh, Corky's a chairman of this committee, and, you know, we're trying to do, you know, get involved in politics. And I don't want to go. Why not? Because eh, Corky's a troublemaker, you know? He's always getting the stuff that he shouldn't be getting into. And so I didn't go. So then the next, they, were, they used to meet monthly. So the next month, my mother says, let's go with me to the meeting. Nah, I don't want to go. So the next time, the next month, she said, Hiton, tell you what, go with me and I'll buy you lunch. Well, see, when my people are from Colorado, New Mexico, so that with us, the Mexican food that we ate were beans, fideo, uh, chili, you know, we didn't eat enchiladas, you know, we didn't eat tacos, you know, we didn't know what that stuff was. We knew what tamales were, but we didn't know what, uh, uh, what enchiladas and tacos and tostadas were. So she says, I'll take you to, to, to lunch and I'll buy you lunch. Oh, okay, hey, call me anything, don't call me late to eat. So I went to lunch and I listened to Corky. And after listening to him, I thought to myself, you know, he is saying things that I've been saying to myself, dealing with the discrimination of our people, dealing with the oppression, dealing with the 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 things that the, the labor that you know that uh, how we that we don't get these opportunities that we could and the way to do that was politics so after that I started going to the meetings and eventually when he uh, that that group was called los voluntarios and then he political things happened so he started the Crusade for Justice, and I be, I'm a founding member of the Crusade, so I was part of that founding of the Crusade. And we were trying to develop leadership. Anybody can be a leader, but in order to be a good leader, you have to know how to follow. And what does that mean? That means that if you know, if he's good at math, and I'm good at reading, then I need Diego with me because he's good at math. See, because my math is not as good as it should be. So you, you get people around you that know stuff that you don't know and you feed each other. You help each other out so that I help him with his reading, he helps me with my math. And that's what that we were trying to do is developing leadership and you become a follower. So that if he's good at map, I'm following him. I'm good at reading, he's following me. So that when it's time for me to, for reading, then I'm a leader and he's a follower and vice versa. What does it mean to you to be a Chicano? What does that mean? Well, we have to understand why we started to use the term Chicano in the first place. When I was little, uh, my dad, 
he's from New Mexico, and my mother was born in El Paso. But my dad, I, I call him the Colonial New Mexico. And my dad had red hair. He had, his eyes were either blue, green, or gray. So with a real pretty day, real sunny like this, it was blue. When he came in, sometimes they, they turned green. Or sometimes during different times, it was, it was, so it was blue, green, or gray. But he, because his Spanish was his first language, then as soon as he opened up his mouth, then you knew that he was Mexicano. But anyway, when we were little, they, they uh, differentiated, so they used to call us Spanish-American. And I think the reason they called us Spanish-American is because if you were a Mexican, well, then they may deport you. So we didn't want to get deported, so we became Spanish-American. But only during the Civil Rights Movement, we knew that we weren't Mexican, we weren't American, we were both. So we put this, the term Chicano to suggest that we're both Mexicano and American. We're both. We're part of this country. Our people have been here for 400 years. Uh, I remember one time somebody said, go back where you came from. Here, I'm like, here I am on my father's side of the family. He can trace his ancestry back to New Mexico to 16, no, 1617. That's before Plymouth Rock. See, so, and the part of the Southwest was one great big landmass. So that we were all the same people, it was just traveling made it different. When did you feel proud to be a Chicano? When, well, originally I wasn't proud. Originally, I wanted to be white like, you know, like all the Americans. You know, I read history books and there's nothing there, there's nobody I can identify with. You know, George Washington is the father of this country, but he's not my father. You know, they take and they celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, the first Thanksgiving in the Southwest was in El Paso. It was in March, I mean, in the spring. And that's when the Spanish came up from the, the South to the Southwest. Now, originally, south of the border wasn't called Mexico, it was called New Spain. So people, when they say, well, New Mexico, and you know, that's, you know, then that must be why they, it's part of Mexico. I said, no, no, no. Mexico was the main city in New Spain. And there was a lot of wealth in New Spain. Well, when the uh, conquistadores came south looking for, for, to build their own haciendas and to make their, their money, they were looking for a, a new Mexico. In other words, they were looking for a new El Dorado. They were looking for a new wealth. And that's how come they called New Mexico, New Mexico. So, but it's, it's all part of the, the Southwest. And, you know, to say that we, 
you know, we are part of this land. We've contributed to this land. And as American citizens, we should receive what everybody else receives, equal rights, equal education. And by you going to school, by you going to college, then you help us so that we can have more. We can take and we can contribute even more than what we are contributing to now. How does it make you feel to talk about the Chicano right movement? movement? How does it feel? Well, it's, it's important because it's history. And I have to give your teacher credit for teaching you history. Because if he doesn't do it for you, nobody's going to do it for you. We have to learn about what we've given to this country. And the only way we can learn is by having our teachers give it to us. And we have to ask them for it. Sometimes your teachers won't, won't do it. And you have to ask them. That was part of the West High blowout. We have to ask them. We have to, we have to have respect. What was it like to be in a West High School walkout? Okay, now, when the West High School walkout happened, I was actually an adult. I wasn't a student. And we had gone to, it was called the Poor People's Campaign in 1968. And then that, that when we came back, we had what we, we called a Freedom School. So there were, we brought in kids, Chicano kids, to learn about their history because they weren't learning it in Denver Public School. Well, one of the students, Jeannie Perez, she came to our, our classes. Her and her dad was involved with the, the crusade and, and her family was involved with the crusade. And we were teaching them about Chicano history. So when she went back to West High School, then she, that her teacher, used to call her Jeannie Paris. And she said, no, my name is not Jeannie Paris. My name is Jeannie Perez. And he constantly called her Paris. And she corrected him, and he didn't appreciate that much. And she tried to explain to him, you know, that we as a country, we as a people, have contributed to the United States. You know, the... Uh, I, I, this one I love. You know the Irish potato? You know where the Irish potato came from? Came from Peru. Came from South America. Tomatoes. You know where tomatoes came from? They came from the Southwest. Corn. Where did corn come? Corn was in the Southwest. So we've given all these foods that became nationwide. Today, when I was growing up, Hey, you didn't take tortillas. You didn't take a burrito to school. No, no, no. Uh-uh. You took white bread with, with veloaf. You know, you didn't want anybody to know you're eating Mexican food. They saw you eating Mexican food, then they thought you were a Mexican. You don't want to be a Mexican. You know, so now today, burritos are Mex American food. Now it becomes American food after years. But, so, with Jeannie, she took and she confronted her teacher and said, you know, there are things that are, you've, so he, he invited some members from the crusade to come in 
to talk to his class, but as soon as he came, they came, he left. And he didn't listen. So the kids, you know, the two, two guys from the crusade, who they had some college education, they talked to the students, and they, they said, you know, we've got to do something about it. So it was Jeannie Perez got her friends, and they decided to have a walkout. And they came to the crusade, and we helped them uh, put the flyers together, and they took it to school. They organized it. We didn't organize it. They organized it. We just went there to support them. And when they had the walkout, Jeannie was saying she thought maybe they'd have maybe five or ten kids, maybe 15 kids. Half the kids walked out. Pretty soon, those half, more than half of those walked out. And the police came, and, and they, they, um, they, the, the students were talking, and they asked Corky to speak. And so he did. And then the police decided they were going to break it up. And you saw the film. They broke it up. You know, we didn't do anything about it. We weren't doing anything. They came in and they arrested us all and threw us all in jail. But Jeannie got her two or three of her friends and one of them was Archie. And that's probably one of the guys you saw speaking. The reason Archie was speaking because Jeannie was, she was, she was shy like you. You know, she was there, but only she was, she didn't want to be the leader. Nobody wants to be the leader. Or she said, hey, let's go for it. But only she organized it. Two girls organized it. And they got two of their male friends. And they got the whole school to support the walkout. Did you get arrested? Yes. Did I get arrested? Yes. Yes, I did. I'd never been arrested. Never get arrested. But as I say, I, you know, the, when they, the, the cops came and, you know, Sometimes I repeat myself, so I have to apologize. When the cops came, I saw this guy on top of Corky, and I saw, hey, that's not a cop. That's some student there. What's he doing? So I went over there, and I grabbed him, and I pulled him out. I didn't know it was a cop. So they arrested me, and they arrested all of us, and they threw us all in jail. But uh, they dropped charges. They didn't, they, you know, I didn't go to jail. I mean, I went to jail, but they didn't, uh, uh, when we took it to court, they threw it out because they saw the film and they saw the police started the riot. We didn't start the riot. We were just defending ourselves. That's all. Um, were you any, were you a main part of it? Well, not really not a main part, but I was there with the night, we were there before the, the students. We supported them to say, this is what we think you should do. It's your fight, it's not our fight. It's your school, it's not our school. So, but if we were you, these are the things we would do. And that's about the flyers. How to the flyers, see if you can get your friends. See if you can get other people that feel the same way you do so that we can show this teacher that he, just because he's a teacher doesn't mean he's right. There are some teachers that they have to remember that they're there to teach you, but only they have to teach you what is part of the curriculum. How old were you when you were in the Crusade of Justice? Originally, when I started with the Crusade, I was 
20, probably about 23, 24. And when we started the crusade, so, uh, and then when we bought the, the, the building at the crusade, I was 30. So I started when I was 23, 24. How did you feel when, when the police hurt, were hurting? Starting. Oh, hey, that's how come I saw this, this guy, you know, who I didn't know who it was, going over there and getting kids, you know, and, and you know, throwing them off and, and pushing them and stuff like that. Is, you know, who, who are you? you know, what? But again, I didn't know he was, an, he was a, uh, a, a police officer but dressed as a civilian. I just thought he was some, some white dude, you know, taking and pushing Chicanos around, and I wasn't going to let that happen. Hey, you know, that's, that's not right. Where do you come in pushing us around? You know, that's, that's, you know, you have to, you know, it, consciously, I almost didn't do it, but only, I just saw, that's, that's not right. So I had to do something, so I did. Walk out. Okay, I think I said that one earlier, but only when there were no Chicano principles, there were few, I have a friend of mine who was a, a Chicano teacher and he changed his name so he could get a, get a job with the Denver Public Schools. They didn't want to hire him because he had a Spanish surname. There was another teacher, he taught at West High School. His name was Abe Vigil. Not Abe Vigil, it was Abe Vigil. So, you know, for him it was trying to blend in as a, that I'm, I'm just an American as you are. You know, no, we're all Americans. So the impact nation and for this city was getting people of color into the educational system so they could be our teachers. So we could see somebody that teaching so that we could become teachers like them. So that we could become doctors like them. So we could become lawyers like them. So that we could become so that you could become and the only person that's stopping you from being anything is you. Remember I told you earlier, they told me I wasn't very smart. And I believed them for about 10 years, almost 15 years I believed them. Then I found out, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not that dumb. I mean, I may be not too sharp in some subjects, but only I'm not a dummy. And that's when I had to, again, with my mother constantly pushing me, you know, he told you're not a dummy. You're smart. Oh, yeah, mom, ra. You know, I'm your son. You know, you're going to tell me I'm smart. You know, you have to tell me I'm smart because I'm your son. No. She was telling me because we can only be as smart as we want to be. If you don't study, you ain't going to learn. If you don't read, you're not going to learn. If you don't do the homework, you ain't going to learn. Whose fault is that if you don't do your homework? Whose fault? Oh, hey, my fault. No, my fault. What made a roughhouse worthwhile? What made it work wild was once this happened, once this walkout happened, students realized that 
they can ask questions. They can ask questions. And, you know, if you have a good teacher and, and you have a question for him, you know, then you ask him. And if you're not sure you like his answer, then you ask him to explain some more. That's all. You ask him. Because the teachers are here for you. That's what they're here for. They're here to help you learn. And so the walkout gave us the ability to bring more teachers in the system that understand us. They understand who we came from. They understand a lot of the teachers grew up in the same kind of a family that you do, the same kind of brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and you know, you know, those that moved and some of them that didn't, they came from there. And, but they saw it was important that they keep on going. You have to push to get that education. Well, you know, I've, I, 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 sh I should tell you that I normally don't do grade schools, speech, you know, but because you're studying about the West High Blowout, because you're doing it, I felt it was important for me to come. Normally, if I do lectures, they pay me 150, 200 bucks for talking to people like you. Really, pay me 200 bucks to talk to you. But because you're dealing with this and you're interested in it, I had to come to meet you. I had to come to meet you because you want to know what history is about you want to know what impact it had, and so I had to come. So I have to thank you for inviting me to come talk to you. All right, let's thank Carlos. The West High School Walkout. Interview Carlos was fascinating and sad because when Carlos said that when he was in school, teachers would hand his students on their hands with a ruler. If they speak Spanish, another thing that Carlos said was that the Chicanos do most of the work for the government. Also, some words inspire me. Carlos said, never gives up when people tell you cannot do it because you are a, a Chicano or an immigrant. I feel proud of, of those words because people should not give up on their dreams. Interviewing Carlos was amazing and special because he told us all about Chicano power. Carlos told us about he didn't speak Spanish. Carlos showed us pictures of protests about Chicano rights. In other words, Joaquin is triste y muy estaba orgulloso de aprender de Carlo. Interview Carlo was amazing and special because he shared his scary experiences. He got arrested from the police and that was shocking and and sad because he got out of the out of the West High School walkout. Interview Carlos was impactful and special because he told us that he knows a little bit of Spanish and 
we learn about Chicano power. This podcast motivates us to change the world and have new experiences about re- being a real Chicano and fight for ourselves. Ourselves. Also realize in the in what we care and who we are and all the work we have done and we need to have a Chicano pride. Now you now you know that Chicanos have to be treated with respect. Now that Chicanos are humans too. Also imagine if you were a Chicano, how will you feel? One day this moment will be forgotten. And well for me and my family, I will remember this moment even though I wasn't a part of it. The West High School walkout helped us get what we deserved. Freedom and justice is what us Chicanos are meant to have. We've been through a lot and for our ancestors we fight. We fight for the meaning of Chicano. Be loyal, be meaningful, be a Chicano. We hope you have enjoyed this episode from the Cuarta Minute Podcast. Today we'll learn what it means to be Chicano, the Chicano rights movement, and the West High School walkouts. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of the Cryptomaniac Podcast.